Hello, future Aussie. This is Rayanne here. I'm at the Migration Institute of Australia Conference. This is where we migration professionals in Australia go to get all up to date to make sure that you can all have successful migration pathways. It can be a bit of a challenge to navigate, but rest assured, we all love to keep up to date. And over the course of a few days that I'm here at the conference, I'll be checking in with some of the industry experts to give you more tips on how to successfully plan your migration to Australia. Hi, I'm Rhea Favole, CEO and founder of Solby Migration, providing simple solutions for Australian migration. If you want to work, study, or even just vacay in Australia, then you've come to the right place for expert tips on how to stop the confusion and choose the right pathway for a holiday, student visa, or permanent residency in Australia. Join me on Making Australian Migration Easy. As we say in Australia, no worries, mate. Hello, future Aussies. Welcome to the 20th episode of Making Australian Migration Easy. Today, I am joining you from the Migration Institute of Australia's annual conference where all of us professionals who help you to migrate get together. And one of the most important factors for so many of you is making sure that you have the correct English test. So if you are a healthcare professional who is looking to migrate to Australia, today we have a very special guest from OET I'm joined here by Tom Keenan, who is going to talk us through that specific test, which is tailored to your requirements and your needs to migrate. Um, an example of why, because I do get asked by many, many nurses, okay, but you know, maybe my English is missing in one particular area. Why is it so important? I've got some fun cards here, which have got a bit of an example as to why this is such an important part of your migration. When we're thinking about dealing with people's lives. So the patient told me that he had a peacemaker in his heart. Obviously, that's not going to be helpful. The optometrist informed me that I had a Cadillac in my eye. So obviously getting your English skills to a high standard so that you can do the important job of caring for the health of others is super important to the migration process and all of your registration requirements. So today, again, as I said, I'm delighted to introduce Tom here from OET. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tom. So can you please explain to our listeners, what is OET? Thank you, and a pleasure to be here with you today. Um, so in a nutshell, OET is an English language assessment for people who are looking to migrate to another country and work in the healthcare professions. And our test is a test that both gives you the right to a visa and the right to practice with your uh, governing healthcare organisation. So in the case of Australia, that would be APRA, which is that overarching body for the health professions and or getting a visa, it would be with the Department of Home Affairs. Absolutely, oh yes, all very important. So I guess OET, because there's, there's a number of different tests, how is OET different to the other types of English tests that people could take? Yeah, good question. So OET is a healthcare specific test and the language that we use in OET is specific to the professions and we, we deliver the test over 12 different professions under that healthcare umbrella. So for example, if you're a nurse, then you would have a nurse in English test and in our speaking component of the test, you would be placed in a patient carer situation where you're the carer explaining a procedure. So for example, 
maybe the patient is having a new form of treatment for diabetes and you need to explain that treatment in the role play. So this is very different to a normal academic English test where the spoken component could be on any subject that, mm. that you can think of, whether it's fashion or politics or global warming. Um, if you don't have, a, have an opinion on one of those things, then it might be difficult for you to answer um, in a meaningful manner. But um, with OET, because it's something that's familiar to them and it's something that they do every day, it's quite simple and it's familiar for them to answer those questions. It's just, just something that they do like that. That's really good that it's so relevant um, and tailored, I guess, to the, to the profession. So it's, it's a wonderful way of designing, I guess, the tests and, and, and getting successful outcomes, but also testing that people are really ready to work effectively uh, in their particular chosen, chosen professions, looking after people's lives. <laughs> yeah, we, we like to say that it's um, fit for purpose and it's fit for your purpose. Yes, that's a good, you should use that as a slogan. <laughs> Absolutely. Another thing with OET, so is the test also accepted outside of Australia? Yeah, it is a widely accepted test um, in English-speaking countries. So in the UK, we work with the GMC and we work with the NMC um, and we work with the visa authorities there as well. In New Zealand, we work with Immigration New Zealand. We work with all of their professional bodies. So big bodies like uh, the Nursing Council of New Zealand and the Medical Council of New Zealand and dentists and veterinary boards, so the whole lot. Likewise in America with ECFMG, with HRSA, um, in Ireland with their medical board. So yeah, we're, we're widely known throughout the world and it's, um, it's a good accessible test that um, people are familiar with. Well, that's wonderful. So it means it's transferable as well, because I know a lot of people who are choosing to migrate to Australia may also want to work in other countries at some point in their healthcare profession. So wonderful that it's transferable. Yeah, absolutely. It is a bit of a, um, sometimes it can be a bit of a, a circuitous route to come to Australia. And we often see people who took a test in um, one country ending up in Australia. So there's often a, a well-worn path from the UK to New Zealand to Australia or the UK to Australia. Yes. Um, it's interesting. People do it for all sorts of reasons, uh, whether it's um, for love, for permanent residency, for a better <laughs> income. Um, but, yeah, we see lots of that. Well, I'm probably a little biased as an Australian immigration lawyer, but I think it's because a lot of them, they, they have a, a better opportunity for permanent residency. So... That is, a, you know, often the, the goal for people is to have that security. And uh, a lot of the nurses that I'm speaking to right now, um, they've taken that path that you said. They, they go to the, to the UK, get their OSCE test done, get the OET done, but then they can come to Australia as permanent residents. So that's probably there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Behind that behaviour. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And, you know, might have something to do with the weather in Australia too. True. We've got more vitamin D here. Remember yeah. that, please, listeners. <laughs> so... Um, the, the other question that I wanted to, to ask is, so we, we talked a little bit about it being specific. So what tests, what other tests would be accepted by the healthcare authorities in Australia? Okay, so there are other tests on the market that are accepted by the, the government and the regulators and they're, they're general academic 
English tests. Um, so they're a little bit different to us. We're, we're the only healthcare specific test. So that's, I think, our unique selling point. Yes. Um, for, for OET, that people feel comfortable that the language that they get tested in is a language that they'll use every day in the, off, in, in the workplace. So when you prepare for an OET test, you're not just preparing for the test and to get the visa and to be registered. You're actually preparing for day one on the job, day 100, day 1000 on the job. So it's got a, a twin effect, if you like. That's amazing. That's, yeah, very, very relevant that people would be training in that way. Like you said, it's like a continuation of their education, making sure that they're ready to hit the ground running. Yeah, I think we, we call it a positive washback effect. <laughs> okay, I like that. We'll have to explain that to some people if you're, you're finding that a little bit challenging. Drop it in the comments if you, you'd like clarification. Um, so there's also, I, I am aware there are different levels of proficiency. Is that so that's different for different health professions? How does that work with OET? Good question. So with um, the example of Australia, with the exception of uh, speech pathology, it's four Bs across the board. If you'd like to be a nurse or a doctor, um, speech pathology for obvious reasons is a little bit higher. So they ask for uh, two A's and two B's for that. Um, and then when we think about different countries, they have different um, grades as well. So actually, Australia is one of the more stringent countries, whereas New Zealand, the UK and the US are a little bit more flexible with their grades. All right, so uh, what, what type of people, I guess, try choose to take the OET, just so you can explain a, a little bit about, um, I guess, the people who you would commonly see booking in to do those tests? Yep, okay. so. Most, the most popular test by far is um, nursing and then medicine. And then it's a photo finish between pharmacy, radiology, physiotherapy. Um, those are the next most popular tests. But who are they, all right? Um, who, what's the demographic for OET test takers? Well, our tests can be used for people who are going to university in Australia and, and the UK, um, but predominantly Australia. We have a lot of universities who will accept our tests for a Bachelor of Nursing, Masters in Nursing, for a Bachelor of Medicine. We also have people who are studying in Australia on a vocational course, and they might be, for example, working in the aged care industry and holding a nursing degree from their home country, building up their English, and then taking the test to get up a registration eventually. Um, it could be refugees coming from another country, trying to prove their credentials, um, it can be people moving from a work visa to a permanent resident visa. So there's a whole range of scenarios where people might take the OET test. That's really good that it's, sort of, I guess, yeah, serving the needs of a broad range of people, but very specific to healthcare and very specific to the roles that they're going to ultimately migrate under and work in. Yeah, correct. Um, one last group is some, there are some long-term migrants in Australia who may have come from a non-English speaking education background and they need to, despite the fact that they've lived and worked in Australia for some time, they still need to take the test in order to prove their credentials with APRA. So that's another group. Okay, thank you. Um, good clarification around the, 
the different uh, things, I guess, scenarios that everyone needs to think about and, and relating their own skills and, and planning their migration pathway. The next thing I wanted to touch on was, apart from nursing and medicine, other roles? I think you touched on a few of them, but just to, if you could go through and list the different types of, uh, I guess, occupations and, and professions that the OET is designed for. Okay, here we go. In no order of preference or ranking, it is dentistry, dietetics, medicine, nursing, occupational therapy, optometry, pharmacy, physiotherapy, podiatry, radiography, speech pathology, and vets or veterinary science. So those are the 12 professions. And, and in each one of our tests, you will, um, it's specific to that profession. So a vet in, in our test will have a specific set of questions that are related to veterinary science. So English for veterinary science, as would a podiatrist, um, as would a pharmacist. So you don't need to, to worry the, about getting caught situationally unaware at any point in time, because it's all terms and vernacular and vocabulary that you use in the course of your everyday work. That's really helpful. That's really, yeah. And I guess the next thing that you've sold me on the importance of why this is really helpful for people who want to migrate under those professions, how do they prepare for it? <laughs> how do they get ready to be successful for the OEC test? Yeah, preparation's really important. You've really got to take a balanced approach to preparation. A lot of people try to do mock tests, repeatedly do mock tests, and it's, it's almost like trying to crack the code, um, being a safe cracker. Yeah. And that's, that's not the way to do it. You need to take a, a balanced approach to it. And we have, we have a lot of resources on our website, on our YouTube channels, we have live interactions on our Facebook um, channel where you can get in and type your questions to our education team and they'll answer them live on the Facebook channel. Um, so we've got a whole range of free resources on our website, on Facebook, on YouTube. So go to oet.com and you'll find it all there. If you're someone who needs a little bit more guidance, we do have a range of preparation providers who are available on our website on oet.com and you can join one of their courses and most of the courses are conducted online and they can either be one-to-one, -one, which is a little bit more expensive, or they can be in group classes and they're pretty flexible. The group classes are, are quite affordable and, and all of the providers that are on our website are people that we've pre-vetted and they've gone through our professional development programs to be able to teach OET preparation. So you can be sure about the quality of the uh, preparation that you're getting. That's really wonderful. It is very helpful uh, that people need to think about this as a full investment. You're planning to migrate to another country, so it's important to do it the right way, and that means getting the right assistance to make sure you have a successful outcome. It's, it's, a, it's a full investment in your, in your life, so I highly endorse this. I keep saying to people, get the right migration mindset. Investment is worthwhile if you want to do it the right way. <laughs> and, you know, there are other ways to, to prepare. If, if you're thinking about coming to Australia or to the UK or wherever it is, you should immerse yourself in the media of that, that country. So if it's, if it's a UK, start reading the BBC website. If it's Australia, look at The Age or The Australian or, you know, Australian-centric websites. Um, if you're thinking about becoming more confident in English outside of the preparation with OET, you could join a club like Toastmasters 
who have public speaking practice all around the world. Join one of them to become a, a professional and confident public speaker. That sounds wonderful. Those are really good tips. Um, well, those are all the questions that I had today. Do you have any final tips or things that you'd like people to think of when they're thinking about getting ready for their English tests? Yeah, I think it, it, it harks back to what I said before. There's no code to cracking the test. Um, when, you, when you're preparing for the test, you've got to live it. You've got to live and breathe it every day and, and think about what am I doing in English today? How am I making myself better every day? Whether it's getting on a website, it's practicing with your friends or, or having a language buddy. Um, it's just really important to just live it every day before you do it. Yes, so very good advice. I like it. Well, thank you so much for making the time today to explain more about this uh, particular test and, and, you know, it's kind of utility that it has for the, the healthcare profession and how it also relates to Australian migration. Um, I will make sure that I do drop in the show notes. So we'll be getting uh, some links so that you know how to book for this test, how to prep for this test. And, um, you know, thanks again for being on Making Australian Migration Easy and, and helping people to understand how they can do just that. Beautiful. So happy to be here and, you know, I hope it helps people. All right, so very important. We need to know, we know all about the test. We know about why we need to take the test. How do we take the test? How do we book in to get that test done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah great. So the test is um, available globally and we have test venues um, in most of the major countries um, that you can think of where there's big populations of healthcare workers. Um, we have a lot of people applying from South Asia, from the Philippines, from the Middle East, from Southeast Asia, Africa. And we have test venues that offer the test in paper-based format and in computer-based format. The way to book it is to go to our website, oet.com, and you can pay using a credit card on the website. And um, we have tests every two weeks on a Saturday. Um, so yeah, just get online and do it. Um, the test itself, takes around about four hours to complete. So you go there on a Saturday morning at about 8.30 in the morning, and you'll be, if you're lucky, you'll be finished up by around about two o'clock. It depends on where you're, you're in the queue for the speaking test, because the speaking is the, um, the speaking components, the final test. So if you're at number one in the queue, you'll probably finish by about 1, 1.30. If you're at the end of the queue, it might be more like three or four o'clock by the time you're finished. That's wonderful. Thank you for setting the expectations. People know what they're heading in for. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Making Australian Migration Easy with me, your host, Rhea Favole. If you're ready to get started on your pathway to Australia, you can book a consultation on our website, solvimigration.com.au. That's solvimigration.com.au. If you've enjoyed the show and have learned a thing or two, please share, rate and review our podcast. Your feedback means the world to us as we try and let more people know the best way to study and work in Australia in a way that sets them up for long-term success. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you later.